intro song for a movie podcast. Some are pretty good, but we'll just suck ass. One, two, three, four, four, three, two, one. Watch with us, we're Cinema Bonds. Let's go! Welcome to Cinema Buns. I'm Ritter. I'm Mike. I'm Kevin. So, uh, in case you're wondering why Mike isn't talking too much on this episode, um, he didn't do his homework this time and didn't watch <laughs> fucking Artemis Fowl. Hey, I got sidetracked. It's my bad. By audience. what? Sleeping? Hey, time doesn't exist anymore, all right? Whatever. <laughs> so, uh, we all saw Artemis Fowl separately um, due to... Two out of budgetary, three of us saw it separately. Yes, two <laughs> budgetary constraints. You know, we all had different plans, and just it, the the stars didn't align. Um, uh, uh, sorry to disappoint a lot of you, but we all don't live together um, in a tent in this podcast camp. Yes, <laughs> we have not been recording just several episodes at once, <laughs> just all banging. day every day. <laughs> it's a, it's been a boot camp where we just watch a bunch of movies and then record a podcast episode. And this was all in 2005, and now you're all reading it piecemeal. But, uh, so, we are interrupting our schedule. I know, originally, uh, our It Man 4 was supposed to come out this week, but we decided with this movie, we need to fucking accelerate this one <clears throat> to the front line. So, uh, Artemis Fowl came out, what, two days ago? On June 12th. June 12th. So, 2020. three days ago. and um, In theaters. I mean, Disney Disney Plus. Plus. It was in (laughs) development hell, because it was supposed to come out in 2018? Uh, They acquired the rights in... I'm reading the Wikipedia article. Uh, (laughs) uh, Acquired the rights in 2013. Brandon was hired in 2015. The cast was joined in 2017. um, And filmed in 18, so... I guess they they were planning on releasing it sometime in 19 or early this year. Oh, it was supposed to come out August of 2019. Then it got pushed back to November. Then it got pushed back to March. And then COVID happened. Yeah. <laughs> and then they went, surprise, Disney Plus. And it's a good thing we have this platform. Um, holy shit. This movie is... All of that development time was worth it, guys. It looks so fucking gorgeous. Avatar 2 is not gonna live up to this. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is garbage. Fuck. Uh, so, oh uh, good thing we don't Let's... have to pay for it. I mean, Disney Plus is... I got Disney Plus for a year, then I'm dismissing it as soon as it <laughs> Oh, you're, you're one of those people that Until up Mandalorian for... Season 2 comes out, and then, uh, <laughs> that subscription's going right back up. Uh, we'll so... So, what's everyone's origin stories? What's everyone's backstories with Ian Colfer's classic Artemis Fowl? Um, yes, that's my Irish, I'm sorry. I, I read <laughs> Artemis Fowl when I was really young. At this point, I don't remember half of it. <laughs> Just because, like, I read mo- I read the first book. I read, like, the other ones, but it was my mom that read it with me and kind of got into it more. But, like, it's it's been a long time, but I still remember some of the plot points. And it's okay, you don't need to know most of the book's plot points because it's not like they're in the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, please don't let this movie deter you from reading the actual books. Um, this is like my impression as like 
a 14 year old boy um but i remember enjoying the series like it was one of my the books are good it was one of my favorite book series and it's like one of those rare instances you get as a kid because as a kid you hate reading books because teachers tell you to read it until like there's like that book series that actually makes you want to read a book yeah um one day i'll get to that point artemis (laughs) (laughs) don't worry mike whenever you turn 30 you'll find that book (laughs) i Um, know and so Artemis Fell for me, uh, I started in middle school and I started reading it um, a lot more um, early high school. Uh, eventually, I found video games and anime, and so I gave up on. <laughs> I <laughs> he went from books to visual novels. <laughs> I give up my humanity, Artemis. <laughs> um, now you do not have to read the books to know this is a bad movie. Yes, this that's is what just I was a trying to say. badly made movie. You just gotta get two friends who watch it for you and then tell you it's bad, so yeah. don't waste your time. Fuck you. <laughs> so, okay. So, based... I, I'm just looking at the Artemis Fowl book series, and just based off of what I can see, I feel like Opal Deception is the last book I've read. So, I, that's me... That's six books in into the series. So, uh, let's, let's go over, um, non-spoiler review. Mm-hmm. It's not like spoiling it's going to ruin it for many people, but let's do a non-spoiler review. Um, fight choreography, if that's a thing in this movie, was done very poorly. There is a fight scene be- with Artemis Fowl and his butler guy and some fairies that you can't even really appreciate the fight because you can't keep track of what's happening (laughs) and like they build up some characters to be fucking badasses and then all they do is happen to show up in the background of certain shots or get tossed around yeah and that's it and it's Uh, just the special effects worth the development hell (laughs) some sometimes they're okay and then there's one scene in particular that i'm positive they accidentally posted a version where there were frames dropped that weren't supposed to be dropped. Yeah. Because it goes from, like, dropped frame footage to all of a sudden, like, drop, 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 now it's clear. In the same, like, shot composition. Rhetor, it's an artistic choice. It bullshit it was. (laughs) If this was all made because of artistic choice, then they need to go to a hospital and get their mind checked, because this shit was garbage. (laughs) And, like... Remember, only our opinions matter. <laughs> yeah. And the the actor that plays Artemis Fowl Jr., the kid, I'm sure he does fine. It's just that with the writing and the direction, he's not it. He's just not even a character. He's like a cardboard <laughs> cutout. That's less than a human. Yeah. He's a cardboard cutout that's carried around the movie and it's shit. And. I don't. I don't want this movie to turn into uh, a thing that causes him so much harassment. Honestly, but like, God. If anything, God. it should. It's gonna <laughs> cause the director harassment. Kenneth Branagh has a track record. <laughs> I'm not saying a good track record, or but he not. has one. He has one. Um. Uh. Keaton's. Yep. A lot of people describe Kenneth Branagh as um, a producer's, like, dream director because they... He does whatever the producer wants. He, d- he d- gets the job done. Same with kind of, like, Ron Howard, I guess. I don't know. So, like, uh, they they have... They do if he has work. a vision, he doesn't fight for it. 
uh-huh. if the producer says, hey, you should do this, he goes, oh, okay, I'll do that. It doesn't matter how it's going to affect his movie. He just will do it. And um, Cause that's what they paid for. Yeah. And then like once you start comparing it to the book, that's when you start kind of identifying a lot of shit that's wrong with this movie. And a lot of the changes they did were fucked up too. And then <laughs> shit happens in the plot and they just expect you to go along with it. And it's fucking dumb. Okay. So, Kev- been, Kevin, been... do you have any more non-spoilery stuff to add before we fucking tear this thing a new one? From what I can tell, like, the first trailer for uh, Artemis Fell was posted in Thanksgiving of 2018. So, people have been looking forward to this movie for, like, almost two years. I remember I was watching this trailer and I was like, when is this movie going to come out? I was looking forward to it. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, no, An Artemis like, Fowl movie? That could be good. Yeah, it's like, sure, I love The Giver. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Giver was also a thing. It was also a thing. It was also a thing. Artemis yeah. Fowl was also a thing. Um, but yeah, it's happened again. Book adaptations are becoming the new anime movies. When are we going to get a good one? <laughs> Yeah, it's so. Thank you, Alita Battle Angel, what, for for solving all anime movies. What I, so here's the pattern I've seen with book adaptation movies. Usually, the movie will never be will never do well unless the actual author is part of production. Uh huh. Because most of the time, when the author is part of production, even as a creative like assistant or something like that. Usually the movie turns out better. Harry Potter has integrity. J.K. Rowling had her gremlin fingers all over. You know, that before she went fucking off the rails and reading <laughs> but no, she was in Retcon. Retcon. Yeah. You're gay. <laughs> <laughs> You're gay. You're trans. You're wizards pooped in a corner and magic did away. <laughs> uh no, but she was part of production for every movie. She was there to help write the scripts and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you had that level of influence that kept that had to keep the same heart that the books had. I would argue Stephanie Meyer was very involved in the Twilight series. Be that a good or bad <laughs> thing is up to you, but <laughs> that's because the books were written that way. It's not like the movies could be better than that. And I mean, from what I've heard, apparently Fifty Shades of Grey was a good book adaptation. <laughs> Did you hear that from your aunt? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, um, and then... <laughs> Mike, I swear so to God. Sorry. No, I told you no more popsicles. Hey, Mike, what's, what's your story with Artemis Fowl? Did Absolutely you- nothing. I knew nothing about the books. I didn't even know they had books. I don't even, like... I don't even know what a book is. <laughs> I thought I it was a myth. <clears throat> no, like... It's a manga I- without drawings. When I first oh, heard so a light novel. <laughs> yeah. When I first heard about this movie, I was like, oh, cool. This looks neat. Like In 2018? <laughs> yeah, like in 2018, they're like, yeah, it's based off of a book. I was like, oh. That's cool. Cool. I'm sure we will like it. I'm sure it'll get a lot of teenagers. Um, so, like, kind of like uh, some insight into movie exhibition. Um, you get a grasp of, like, demographics, like... This movie is going to adhere to old people. It's going to cater to the young adults. From the outside, you can get a perspective for that. But, like, 
I'm not saying we're insiders in the industry. I'm doing because the ass. industry doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so also we can't be inside an industry that doesn't exist. <laughs> I'm also doing big ass air quotes. But the other thing I want to mention is that when you work at a movie theater as long as the three of us have and had, you understand how movies affect the public and who gets brought in depending on what movie it is. Right. This movie. If it was released when it was supposed to, definitely would have brought in young families. Uh, I would say a lot of like people in their twenties that read the books when they were in high school and middle school. Also, I yeah. I think so too. I but, me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I watched The Giver, <laughs> but yeah, it definitely would have brought in young families and mm-hmm. young adults. Yeah, so um, you would basically a uh, little bit more insight. You would look at the metrics for Giver, Maze Runner. Um, Mortal Engines, and I think it may, Maze Runner definitely would have been a good one. All of which at. I have not seen. Yeah, uh, the Divergent <laughs> that movies. That tells you, you would, anything. You would like look at those metrics and be like, all right, so we'll need to prep for this much people, right? Because it's going to have the similar. Yeah, you don't need to prep at all for this one. If it came out. <laughs> because it's in your house. <laughs> yeah, but okay, so non-spoilery. Do not watch this fucking movie. <laughs> Noted. Spoiler talk now. Mike, you still have to watch this movie, even <laughs> though this episode is gonna, like, at the end of the episode, you're um, gonna gonna erase my it. whole info. We're gonna erase all of our memories of this movie. You're and still, you're gonna watch it. We're gonna still force you to watch it. <laughs> um, now, let's get into the spoiler talks. This movie's fucking garbage. Because, <laughs> fuck. So, we so, st- a, so, a little bit uh, of an aside, too. All of our memory, well, Ritter and my memories <laughs> are going to be super jank. We don't remember shit. <laughs> I did have to remind myself of some wiki articles. Um, and I read some book reviews of uh, the first Artemis Fell book. So um, ju- that was just kind of like in prep of watching this movie. Uh, and we can like safely get say that like it's inaccurate to the plot of the book. Inaccurate. <laughs> if, if the two people that very briefly skim some stuff to get a re- up on our knowledge know how fucked it is compared to the book then the actual like really hardcore fans will know how fucked it is compared to the book so like what were those big differences you would say so let's start at fucking second one where <laughs> artemis fowl is surfing like a, the chad he is i want you to i want the audience to know my note is literally magical surf montage because while he's surfing like they're like you we go to now the most magical parts of the world where where uh Fairy tales and reality <laughs> still connect Ireland. <laughs> Ritter, you are doing an Irish accent, except... You're doing it better Mulch than what they Diggums, did. Uh, Josh Gad was the narrator of this movie, this and he a- did not have an <laughs> Irish accent. Here, here was so you're not accent. even doing it accurately. We're going to where fairy tales and reality still connect with one another. That sounds horrible. Ireland. It's what he sounds like. Literally, and my other note: the narration is cancer. <laughs> I, I'm all... sorry. Second one is not the surfing montage. It's actually uh, Josh, Josh Gad, Gad getting arrested. Yeah, and so it's in media. Re- it starts in media res. Josh Gad is arrested, and the entire movie is him recounting the story uh, through an, a police interrogation. And just so you know, every point, which doesn't matter. Every point of narration is done through this super gravelly voice, either by him or by. Um, uh, Helen Mirren. Judy Dench? Judy Dench. Oh my god. <laughs> Dame Judy Dench. I'm so sorry, baby girl. 
This and cats, it's you deserve late, it. Okay, it's fucking late. Hey, it's if Sir Patrick Stewart said yes to Emoji Movie, Dame Judi Dench will say yes. Anyone can say yes to anything. Yeah, but no, it's like <clears throat> that Disney voice, money. But again, that Disney money. That- so right, we also go into like he's describing like Artemis as this genius. You see, you see instances of him going to like a therapist and like. Trying to outsmart the therapist and like, uh, prove his point. Josh Gad says that uh, he has a tough time in school, and immediately I was like, "Fuck no! I hate kids in school. I don't like school." But you scenes. don't show him in school, which is good. Yeah, it's so, it's get- good. It's good that he's not like being bullied by uh, the tough kids or like for being smart. Like I hate that shit. And these types of And movies. then you have Artemis doing an epic one-wheel montage, because of course he has a one-wheel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that caught me off guard. <laughs> he just sick one-wheel skating through the wilderness. That but, didn't exist in 2001. <laughs> but uh, here is when we also start getting into our more, um, our more divergent part from the book and story. It happens early. Mm-hmm. So in the book, Artemis' dad has already been missing. Yeah. Uh, Artemis' dad is there in the movie. And then, like, he all of a sudden is like, my dad's not a criminal, he's my dad! Actual line. <laughs> my dad's not a criminal, he's my dad! <laughs> it's like, okay. Okay, here's, sure. here comes Death as, as Butler, <laughs> As Butler is, like, dragging him out of the room with a TV instead of turning off the TV. I literally said that. I was like, why don't you just turn off the TV? <laughs> he's why like, are you- we must get you from the evil picture box. <laughs> um, but in the books... Artemis is fully aware that they're part of, like, a mafia. Like, yeah. it's not hidden. It's Artie not- Jr. has been living on his own with uh, Butler, like, uh, for, for two years. For years and doing crazy evil shit. And, like, here's the thing. Artemis is the bad guy in the first... Spoiler for the book, I guess, and the movie. But Artemis is the bad guy in the first book. He's not do In this movie, he's, like, does, like, quote-unquote bad stuff to, like, save his dad... That's not what he does it for in the book. He does it because his family isn't as rich as it used to be, and his pride is hurt for that. <laughs> so he's like, no, the fowls are meant to be this rich. We're going to be this rich. So I'm going to steal fairy gold. <laughs> yeah, so uh, as far as I can recall, I believe every book series pretty much always starts and is ign- the plot is ignited by a heist that Artemis is doing. And he's always one step ahead of, of everyone else. So, um, the entire first movie, he's supposed to be in control, um, and, cause he's the criminal mastermind, yeah. uh, of this entire thing. But, um, so yeah, we go to that, the dad's missing, he gets a call from Deep Throat, I mean, uh, some, uh, fairy person. Actually, say- it's a, it's actually technically a fairy person. It's a pixie. Pixie. Opal Cowboy is the big bad in this movie, and we fucking never find out what he looks like. <laughs> <laughs> and you see him for, like, what, a total of maybe 30 seconds of on-screen time? Yes. So he's always in shadow. Um, so never appears in the first book, by the way. Yeah, no. Uh, Doesn't actually appear until, I think, book three. I don't recall. Either way, I know for a fact does not appear in the first book at all. Mm-hmm. They just wanted a big bad mm-hmm. to show up. And um, this is when you start getting introduced to the fairy world. And you're introduced to Holly Short. Yeah. The female L- 
LEP officer. Yes. Because the organiz the like organization there's LEP Recon. It's a lower elements leprechaun. police <laughs> lower elements police recon, which I fucking love that name. But yes. it's leprechaun. Now here is where the second <laughs> biggest divergent from the book happens. And uh-huh. actually for a lot of book fans is gonna be the most uh aggravating. Butler so, is black. No. <laughs> no, in the book, Holly Short is supposed to be the first and only female officer. Yes. In the book, it is an entirely male uh, profession, and she is the first female, which is why her commander rides her so hard and is so tough on her, uh-huh. because he knows that, like, listen, you're going to be the standard they hold females up to. If you don't, if you're not up to snuff, they're never going to allow females into the force again. Yeah. And... In this one, no, that's not a thing. Because Commander There's... Roots played by Dame Judi Dench, bitch. <laughs> and then there are girl officers everywhere. Yeah, so, so that entire plot story point arc and story arc and character. is gone. So what did they replace it with, Ritter? Oh, uh, she's a happy-go-lucky rookie. And, um... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, her big motivator is that... Uh, her dad. It's her dad. She's got dad, dad issues. betrayed the fairies and delivered something called the Oculus, 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 the Oculus Rift. Just yeah, to uh, Colin to Farrell, <laughs> to Colin Farrell, Artemis Senior, and like died, and she's like the shame or whatever. Which, by the way, that doesn't happen in the first book either. But whatever. So you're also introduced to Mulch, who is uh, Josh Gad's character. Yeah, who is just a giant dwarf so a human-sized dwarf yeah which isn't a thing in the original books apparently i thought it was but i guess it wasn't no uh-huh. and what's it like in the books he's just a dwarf. he's just a dwarf <laughs> um and like you if you were to just watch this movie without any uh initial knowledge you thought that they were just doing like a thing where josh gad just thinks he's a dwarf he's actually just a human but no he has the capabilities that a dwarf he's has. an actual dwarf he's just a big dwarf they yeah. they did not have enough special effects budget to, to shrink make him, him down um that's fucked up so you then get to where like you're kind of introduced to the organization and oh we're, let's also not forget that like some random lieutenant is in in injected into lep like higher ups by the bad guy but like you know him for all of two seconds, and then in the next... Because he's in prison, and in the next scene, he's perfectly showered and in the fucking room. Like, in his old position and shit. It makes yeah, no o- sense. It's Opal's super got uh, connections. Um, but what's this character's name? Briar... Briar, what's his face? Yeah, we actually have to look up the name, by the way, because I'm pretty sure his name is said once, never said again, and he's not important until one second in... Briar Cudgeon, like which... I guess some part of my brain is like, that sounds familiar, I guess. Um, so I assume he's a book character. Briar Cudgeon is the spy of Opal Cowboy and um, was started in the beginning of the movie is in prison for, I'm assuming, for being a traitorous policeman. He's but, in the prison for about 30 seconds. Yeah. And Opal uh, bribes everyone on the ladder to get him back into LEP. Um, and so he gets reinstated as lieutenant. And that's just it. Yeah. Um, so 
Holly gets... Don't worry, this has a payoff, I think. <laughs> no, it doesn't, but... No. Uh, Holly gets sent up to the surface because a troll is loose in Italy. It's like an Italian wedding reception. Fucking favorite part of the movie is when the troll grabs this little girl. Holly comes and is like, put her down, and he goes, Err! And he softball pitches this tiny girl into That's the your air. favorite part. I love it! Because it's just... This little girl gets pitched up <laughs> into the air. Ritter loves it when... Uh, in a movie, they yeet a small child across the sky. I'm sorry. I, I appreciate movies that don't see children as untouchable. Like <laughs> you have you have that Skyrim mod on that has killable children activated. <laughs> yes. Um. So that happens. And- Fuck little lamplight. <laughs> so they start blasting. And this is where they introduce a really big plot point for the movie, which. Really doesn't show up much in the books. Um, time, time manipulation. Time freeze. They Toki wo tomare. <laughs> they send up these devices that basically freeze time inside the bubble and uh-huh. outside the bubble. I don't think. so. Well, because Holly and all the other fairies that go into the bubble are unaffected. The only ones that are affected are the troll and the humans. I get, I think it's because they get to choose. I don't know. It's weird. They can control everyone's magic, which is inside you. I have no idea. I don't remember. Either way, they basically use it as a way to um, prevent themselves from being seen by humans. Yeah. And erasing people's minds of what has happened. Yeah. So they quicksilvered all over the place, reset, doing a poor job of resetting everything. And then Um, Holly goes to head back. And she's like, I need to make a detour. And, t- and there's a map that comes up that shows her trajectory. She literally curves all around Italy and then starts <laughs> heading to Ireland. It's like, holy shit. Um, and it's at this moment uh, that she really wants to. So she uh, introduced in the beginning that uh, to Commander Root that um, the Oculus has something to do with my dad. Um, this is the last place that he was. So, but Commander Root's writing her um, and saying, "No, you're just going to work uh, night duties and do patrols down here in the uh, Haven City, New Haven, Lower Elements." And that's no, that's just the name of the. I don't know. Place. Whatever the 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 fairy world. Um, but she used this as an, as an opportunity that now that she's at the surface, to try like, to prove her. Yeah, I'm, now I'm going to go on this investigation. Um. Now, during this whole time, Artemis and the butlers, because the butler's niece shows up, who's like a badass, but she doesn't do anything badass for the badass whole movie. Badass is in air quotes. Yeah. But they've been preparing and like investigating and trying to find out where, where the Ocreus, <laughs> I'm going to say it wrong every time, out of spite, <laughs> is. And like, they realize there's something about a tree in his like father's journal so uh butler senior is like there with like a sniper yeah to see what's going on and then when holly shows up coincidentally it's the same night that holly shows up yeah him and artemis are uh there and they trank her and kidnap her Uh in the book they just kidnap her so they can ransom her and get fairy gold yes but in here they're doing it because they need information apparently yeah so they need the oculus um which it's unclear if Artemis knew where it was because it seems a little bit convenient in how Josh Gad found it. Yeah, that we'll go over that a little later. But yeah, so uh, from what Ritter and I can recall, the motivation for kidnapping Holly uh, in the books originally was for fairy gold because Artemis Fowl is not rich enough. 
Um, but in the movie, it's to get the Oculus so that he can ransom out o- to Opal his fa- for his father's uh, return. Um, so he kidnaps Holly and stage uh, the entire movie is a stakeout and a hostage negotiation. Yeah, so basically all of LEP shows up at his house and it's weird that they show up in such force because there's like... There are fairy rules that mm-hmm. they follow by to where you can only come into someone's house if you're invited. Yes. And um, while you're in their home, you have to obey their rules and stuff like that. And so it's weird that they show up with such force and it's like, listen, all he has to do is stay inside and not do anything. <laughs> like, well, what are you going to do? So they deploy the time stop thing, blah, 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 blah. Then Artemis and Butler come out and a fairy squad come and they have a fight scene. This fight scene is very badly choreographed. I have no idea what Butler... Because, like, and throughout the book, uh, you're pretty convinced that Artemis is always one step ahead. In this movie, he's technically one step ahead because... the But out of, like, fumbling? Because the script wrote him to be. Um, But, like, like, I don't know what their plan was to go outside and then start a fight. Unless it's just to knock out one of the time... Well, that's the thing, so... They could have just done that from inside. The whole point for doing that was to do a fight, and Butler was supposed to shoot the time thing to make it, like, broken. They went outside because they needed a fight. So they would then have a time limit in order to get what they wanted. And... So in this weird CGI fight scene, Butler is able to shoot out one of the time uh, freeze uh, panels... Um, yeah. So the it's time, destabilized. The now. time freeze uh, air bubble is destabilized, and now uh, it's losing integrity, and that starts a time limit. That's losing integrity. Losing integrity. <laughs> um. So uh, then Artemis uh, Root goes to negotiate. Yeah, tells Root that like uh, we want to negotiate. I invite you to my home, and they have uh, they're at the table, and they have a conversation. And then uh, basically Artemis is like. Give me the Oculus, and <laughs> she she's like, well, have it. No, she doesn't know. She doesn't say that. She doesn't yeah. want him to know that. But basically, neither of them knows that neither like them knows. Yeah, that neither of them it. knows. And Artemis knows. So knows Artemis is like, as long as I live, no fairies allowed in this house. So now no fairies can go in there. So she, guess who gets called? Mulch the dwarf. Mulch Diggums. And uh, Josh Gad. So you have this scene where they're at the prison and like these goblins are giving him a hard time because he's a dwarf. And they're saying things like, huh, bet you eat. How does the dirt taste when you eat it? Do you like it? And he's like, oh, it's not like I like it. It's just. And this whole time. I forgot this part from the book. I thought it was just them, like, being, you know, racist. Like, <laughs> haha, you're a dwarf, you eat dirt, and, oh, wouldn't want to get behind you, blah, 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 and all that jazz. But, so when he shows up, him and Root, like, negotiate his terms of helping, like, oh, you take off 70 years of my sentence, and I get a cell with no goblins, and, yeah. So he gets set up, and... Kevin... <laughs> this is you. Well, uh, so on my end, I do recall how uh, dwarves tunnel, but I thought I was just misremembering it because that seems like fucking disgusting. But so um, what they want, they uh, just like the suicide squad, they ask Josh Gad to tunnel into Foul Manor um, and dig Holly out. And how dwarves uh, tunnel is by unhinging their jaw like a snake and eating 
the dirt in front of them. And blasting it out their ass. <laughs> and fucking jettisoning it out of their ass. Um, and it's not as graphic as I remember it. I remember it being more graphic in the book, but then again, it's a book. Uh, but it's just, uh, it's a funny, like, cartoon gag where he's got the, the boxers and he's got the butt panel that old pajamas used to have. Um, and that's open and it's just, uh, dirt that's spraying out of his ass. It's not like you're getting full... Full coverage and like full gaping uh, asshole. <laughs> it's a gaping ass and just shit spewing out of an asshole. Um, this is wonderful, classy podcast. Um, next, uh, next the thing that thing. happens though makes no fucking sense. But yeah, he we gets into a, the house. We have a Batman v Superman moment. You ready for this bullshit? So fucking <laughs> so mad. Ar- Artemis goes talks to Holly and they start talking about their dads. And Artemis was like, "Well, my dad's been kidnapped," and she goes, "Well, my dad is dead." And he was like, what's your dad's name? Martha. We friends now? Yeah. We trust each other. And then he lets her out. And then they're like friends and working together. It's like, he had kidnapped you and imprisoned you. You both found out. Yeah. my Your dad got Stockholm kidnapped. Syndrome. Yeah. Your dad's di- gone. My dad got, got dead. So we friends now. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's and, lazy writing. And 10 minutes ago, Holly was like, I'm taking you down, Artemis Fowl. And she was fucking seething through her eyes because she was, like, so pissed. It's like, how dare you kidnap me and learn all this information about me? And Artemis was, like, teasing her and, like, not even torturing because it's a children's story. But, uh... He's baiting her and, like... Yeah, and, like, he's blocking her at every second because, uh, fairies, uh also have the ability to mesmerize which is what and it's but if you wear book. reflective sunglasses they can't they can't get through it so yeah. like he has a counter for that and she's like she's prisoned and she can't get out um and isn't completely at the mercy of artemis fowl um but then oh, and apparently dwarves have treasure sense yeah because as soon as joss gad enters the house he suddenly knows oh here's the safe and yeah. i was just like what so it's assumed that Artemis knew that the Oculus was in Fell Manor, but he had no way to find it and how to get it. So by baiting out Mulch, Mulch uh, was going to open up, was going to break off of his actual mission and try to like get the Oculus and open up that safe because he has that urge to treasure nut. He, oh, he needs to get that nut nut because the Aculus is shaped like an acorn. It, yeah. So he needed to get that nut as hard as he could. Um, and so he does. And then they become best friends because Artemis is like, yeah, hey, I'm here now. Literally next scene, all of a sudden Josh Gad agree, like, is best friends with all of them and they're all on the same team now. And then that evil lieutenant dude like takes control over from... Commander Root. What's the what's the like inciting incident? Why does Briar Cudgeon even like? Oh, now that the coup, Aquius, like performs a coup. Now uh, that the Aquafina is in uh, <laughs> play, uh, there's now that it's in play, things have changed. Now I'm in charge. Aquafina is good. I remember watching Which the is farewell. Dumb. It's I like stupid. Crazy Rich Asians. So they send, <laughs> so they send in the troll that they captured earlier. Yes. To just like kill, and then they're like deactivate the magic in the house, which apparently is a thing they can do. Which I remember from the book, yeah. Well, they did that, and they're like, what about Holly? She's like, just do it. So they do it, and then you have a fight scene. Of course, niece Butler doesn't do anything badass. 
Big Butler still doesn't do anything badass. They get tossed around like ragdolls. And then and it's like, like, where is this? Where is this like fighting Bruce uh, Wayne spirit that he's trained in like five thousand martial arts and he's super smart? But, but eventually, the troll yeah. falls on top of him. You have like a sappy like he's dying scene. Guess what? No one. F- I didn't feel sad because he didn't have any character development throughout <laughs> the whole movie. Yeah. He literally was just a face in the background. And Artemis is like, heal, heal Butler. And Holly's like, I can't. My magic turned off. So she dramatically walks away. And then uh, Artemis has this weird moment where he says the Irish blessing poem to him <laughs> as he's dying. Yeah. And then uh, Holly gets a beep on her wrist, goes, my magic's active. And then she goes full fly sprint towards him and goes, magic defib. And fucking revives yep. Butler. So that happens. But it was like awkward. because like, like a cop out move. It is. I mean, it's in the book. I remember it being more dire that Butler was dying because he fucking had a fight with a troll. And I remember it being more exciting to fight with the troll. Because it was almost, it was basically one on one. Yeah. And a human fighting a troll, I believe. I might be misremembering. I think he gets a reputation for fighting a troll because no one ever survives that. And Butler becomes famous in the furry world. Um, but uh, yeah, so he gets his ass beat. Um, and like Holly goes to heal Butler and then the camera goes out the window. Like literally it faces, it goes outside the window and just faces the wall. So you see wind hit the window and it's like so weird and it breaks any emotion and then uh butler wakes up and he's like was i crying <laughs> is that what he said yeah it's like tell please tell me i wasn't crying stupid so then they decide <laughs> to use the uh the rift and i'm saying with the art auriculus and I don't remember them ever mentioning what it actually fucking does in the whole movie. <laughs> Kevin says they mentioned it once. Yeah, they, they mentioned that it's a bridge between worlds and it can create portals. So, I guess Artemis' plan Artemis's plan in the beginning was to use the Oculus to not even give to Opal, but to teleport his dad out of wherever he is. So, he gets Holly to use it. And this is where yes. we get to that scene where I'm positive they didn't finish rendering it. So, the... How she uses it, um, she like holds it in the middle of a table and says some chant and uh, some After Effects uh, happens and the camera pans around the entire room at 10 frames a second and zooms in on the Oculus. And, and then, then goes to 60. Yeah, and then it uh, does that scene where uh, the camera goes inside Jimmy Neutron's brain and then his brain blast happens because like because li- it's the inside of the yeah, Oculus yeah. and lightning is shooting all over the place. And then she goes, brain blast! <laughs> uh, God but, blast! But yeah, and uh, Opal is like, time's up, bitch! And he's gonna, and I'm gonna kill you, Colin Farrell! And Colin Farrell's like, no! And he's uh, getting this crisp black crystal grown all, all over him. Up. And then uh, he just teleports out of there. Yeah. And, and Artemis... You get this weird scene where Artemis is just going, is just like... Did it work? Blankly running around the house going, Dad? (laughs) Are you here? Did we succeed? Which, like, Kevin made a good point. In Avengers Endgame, when the Hulk uses... Spoilers? (laughs) uh, Okay, I guess. (laughs) 
At this point, if you haven't seen Endgame, that's because you've chosen not to see Endgame. But when the Hulk uses the stones to bring back everyone that was gone, they have that moment where they're like, did Did it work? work?" And like, it's uh, it's a it's a similar scene. And what kind of made it work was that you don't know, and it's very gradual up until phone calls and the phone started you to ring. You hear more birds start yes. coming around. You hear you hear more activity, and it proves it. Yeah. You just get this weird scene, Artemis, like, flailing his way through the house going, Diet! Diet! Until uh, a glow shows up in the basement, and then they're like, oh, you teleported into the basement. And Why then they there? All I don't know. Then they all hugged, and I guess the movie ends. <laughs> Well, no, because... Uh, no, now... the movie ends. They go and they retrieve Mulch from this weird... We like... cut back to the present because Mulch has been interrogated, been interrogating and is telling the story of the fairies, which, as far as I can tell, humanity still doesn't know. Or at Except least... for this secret human organization for some reason. Which... Is this a secret human organization? I don't know. That's what makes it so stupid. <laughs> oh. um, but he was like... Uh... Oh, and you get that teaser trailer artemis swag walk out of the house <laughs> and it, the movie literally ends with they bust they bust mulch out of prison and then uh they go back to the artemis foul house and now he's working for them and it ends with him saying i'm artemis foul and i'm a criminal mastermind and then like oh. not before he calls opal because he can somehow do that yeah and threatens him like i'm coming for you bitch oh. but here's the thing that's, that's artemis rough. Oh, yeah, you're just tired because he's thinking about Artem's fella. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is also the fact that he didn't really do anything criminal throughout this movie. So how is he a criminal mastermind? Oh, well, he kidnapped Holly Short. That's a criminal. Sure. Yes. Kidnapped Holly Short for 10 minutes and they went, my dad's missing, my dad's dead, we friends now. Um. So in the internal... Oh, oh. Something I forgot to mention. Yeah, go the ahead. whole time bubble collapsing time frame didn't do anything. It wasn't important. It collapses and nothing happens. Well, it's like because time is frozen, there's a imbalance. And so it's like kind of a wave crashing onto a rock. Um, so while the field is destabilizing, it's sucking people out and it's making people teleport and it's fucking wacky and shit. But mo- it's mostly harmless. Yeah. At least not visibly no one dies. You just see people get shot out and then disappear into and their whole thing is we're doing this to keep humans from knowing we're here well artemis lives out in the middle of bumfuck nowhere yeah so (laughs) who's gonna see the fisherman yeah fucking stupid but no this movie was just badly written badly made and apparently there are delete you can watch these on disney plus there are deleted scenes that like highlight parts in the teaser trailer that were removed from the movie yeah, or like there are like things in the te- the help make sense of there. certain parts of the movie so i'm almost wondering if they rushed it through editing to try to get it out there somehow which is weird because like they have disney money they've they've, they've been developing this for at least two years what happened um and and it's like it's uh, I just want to say also in the internal logic of the movie, um, there's no reason for Commander Root, Dame Judy Dench to forgive Artemis Fowl. There's no reason for her to just leave Fowl Manor. Yeah. Just because Holly uh, is uh, is returned. Um, and it's not like they run away because they still live at Fowl Manor. Um, 
but I'm guessing it's intimidation. <laughs> yeah, but and then the other thing too, um, because like uh, if I recall correctly, it's like Artemis is like, um, you can come get me. You're not gonna win though. <laughs> like you know where I live, bitch. <laughs> the other thing to come mention, back, come back if you want another fight. <laughs> is that apparently the Oculus part of the movie was last minute reshoot stuff that they kind of ham fisted into the movie. Cause they, they need a MacGuffin. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I do not recall the Oculus being a thing in the books. It it wasn't until I don't think it showed up until later, but it's kind of dumb, and it's just I don't know this like Disney lately with their live action movies outside of Marvel have proven to really have a bad track record now because you have Wrinkle in Time, you've got <laughs> um this movie. Uh, Mulan is the only other one that could redeem their live action sector. Okay. And my guess is with that one, they're not going to release it until theaters are back open because they want that China money. They want, they want that China money. I don't know if Disney Plus is available in China, but... No, they. No. I think they've explicitly stated that Mulan will be releasing in theaters when it can release in theaters. Because uh-huh. they know that's going to make them money. Yeah. They did Artemis Fowl because they saw what they had and they're yeah. like, we're not going to make ticket money off this, so why waste the money? But Mulan, <laughs> they know they're going to put... At least opening weekend, they're going to get a payday. Yeah, so um, I'm guessing you didn't like... Because like... Oh, I thought, King. I thought... Lion King is whatever. Um, I think the strongest ones for me are uh, Maleficent one, Aladdin, and then like uh, Beauty and the Beast. And even then, Beauty and the Beast, I didn't like that movie. I Aladdin never, was okay. I never actually seen really any of the live action movies from Disney. And Maleficent, I, I love the ending. I actually liked Beauty and the Beast. I thought it was good. I thought it updated it a little bit, but not enough to make it a new story. Uh-huh. And... Maleficent, the first one, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it wasn't it's, terrible. That's the that's was, one I saw. I like that. Yeah, one. they took a Cinderella huge... was garbage. The, it was it was just uh, I never saw Cinderella. Shot. It's bad. You no, know, it's yeah. just it was just okay for me, honestly. But I it mean, was just like it's oh, it's just the same movie. It's just Disney... so you you were expecting or like you're you're expecting that Disney needs to redeem themselves with Artemis Bell. <laughs> no, I think they need to redeem themselves somehow because Disney has gotten into a rut. They are in their... Listen, why develop new IPs when we can just like make live-action versions of our old ones? We yeah. know we're going to get everyone to come see them, even if they're bad. Oh, yeah. and Dumbo was garbage. Oh, forgot. Didn't oh, see shit. that one either. I you forgot. Too. I forgot Dumbo exists. Yeah, <laughs> Dumbo's bad. But no, they're in the thing where they're just recycling their old material instead mm-hmm. of creating new stuff. And, okay, I get it. Some stuff, yeah, you can make money off that, but... Every movie they release is just people now knowing that it's garbage and they're you're making less return on each one of those movies. That's quality. Do you think people signed up for Disney Plus to watch Artemis Fowl? <laughs> no. God, no. No. Everyone knows they signed up for Disney Plus for The Mandalorian. Mandalorian and then I think... Uh, Star Wars. Star, uh, just Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, the Star Wars Clone Wars stuff. Did they pull that from any services? What, did, Clone Wars? Did Clone Wars exist in any other service? Uh, it existed on Netflix. Um, here's the thing. So Disney had a contract with Netflix originally. Yeah, because all the Marvel movies were there pretty soon. That basically their contract would allow uh, Netflix to get early streaming rights fairly quickly after release. Um, granted, 
a lot of those movies were still written off for Netflix mm-hmm. up until recently. So you can still watch some of the stuff on Netflix. However, now a lot of those contracts and agreements like, are expiring. So yeah. they're becoming Disney Plus exclusives. Right. And then now we're in this age where there's everyone has a fucking everyone has a streaming service. No. DC Comics does not need a streaming service. Well, HBO Max, which I can't tell if it's HBO Go, it, but just rebranded and uh, DC Universe doesn't need to exist anymore, even though there's still the comic uh portion of it it's like all of their stuff is going to hbo max and for some reason it's popular because people are downloading Here, it here's people what i'm signing up for looney tunes D- what the fuck is happening <laughs> D- dc universe the um the uh young justice like continuation worth it really I didn't know that they continued on. They did. Okay. And it actually is pretty good. I, I have I've no watched of it. I, have, I liked it when I've I was watched, on Cartoon Network. I've watched it on YouTube. Because <laughs> I'm not going to pay money for that. Um, apparently, Doom Patrol is good, but it looks pretty bad. But what about Titans? Fuck Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Batman. Fuck Batman. I'm edgy. It's not your mother seeing Titans. Uh, I thought Swamp Thing would have been cool. It's one episode and then non-existence. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they got the news early that they're going to put all their shit on HBO Max. I don't know. There's we can't, streaming sites. We can't subsidize an entire streaming service because we don't have that much stuff in production. Honestly, like, I feel like streaming sites are, like, shown in anime. You've got the big four. <laughs> Netflix, Hulu, Crunchyroll, YouTube. Oh, you're putting Crunchyroll up there. Okay, cool. I, 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 I mean, like, as a, as a, I, I use Crunchyroll the most. I have Netflix, I have Hulu. I don't use any of those. I'll, I'll uh, just watch I'm thinking shit. about d- doing a Verve, because they have Crunchyroll Verve in that, and with all, like, a bunch of other things. Uh, so, I'm going to say this. If, okay, now we're, we're getting off Artemis Fowl yeah. for a bit, so you will forgive our we, we We need a break. Wait, before we go, Mike, what's your opinion on Artemis Fowl? From what we've stated, would you watch it? No, from before what we stated. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't care. <laughs> mm, I I wouldn't see it. It ha- it doesn't sound like something that would interest me. It doesn't matter. You're still watching it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good. Well, uh, I guess I no, mean change avoid the TV this, again. Avoid this movie at all costs. Honestly, it's not it's not even worth the time. It's not even. Snow Queen is better than this movie. Damn. That's um, fair. Then I'd watch Snow Queen again. <laughs> I, I, that's what I'm saying. I would watch Snow Queen again before I'd watch Artemis Fowl again. Fair enough. Um, no. So let's get back to the streaming services. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. Anime. <laughs> and so, I would. Ra- I like watching anime on Hulu more than Crunchyroll because I actually like watching anime on Netflix only because. Whenever they release one, they have, the, they have a dubbed version of it, and they've been upping their ante on some of the anime they've been putting out there. Mike, this is a bold opinion for you to unveil on this podcast. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm at a point right now, because of how much anime I've watched, I like the idea of just being able to listen and do other things, but at the same time... Like, he's watching two shows at once. He's watching three shows at once. He's got a sub anime he's visually watching, and he's listening to an English dub anime on the other one. <laughs> well, it, it's a rough life out there. But, like, for me, it's it's it's, it's pretty convenient. And well, Maybe we'll do an anime-centric episode. 
kind of... Just, just on our, how we watch anime. Well, just kind of talking about anime and how it fits into film in general. Okay, yeah, sure, that'll, that's a good stretch. <laughs> stretch. That's an excuse I'm using, this is Cinema Buns, okay, see you next week. <laughs> uh, have a good one.